London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we're with you here up until noon. Glad to uh, have you with us. Uh, for as long as you can listen here this morning. If you miss anything, of course, podcasts will be available later on as they always are. Well, I'm assuming that they've been posted the last few days. My podcast partner's been gone, but he's back and we're grateful for that. Anyways, BMW of Des Moines guest list today looks like this. Uh, in the first hour, we are going to be joined by Brian Arilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. A sports wagering in the month of July in the state of Iowa took it in the chops. Uh, handle was way, way down, but there's a couple of other things percolating, and I've had some questions uh, regarding NFL futures. Should there be a COVID cancellation and how the uh, sports betting companies are going to handle that? So instead of, you know, essentially... Um, I think I had the right answer, but let's go to the source. So we will. Brian Arilko uh, at 10.30. Mitch Holtis is not with us live today. It's one of the few times during the month of August he won't be with us live. Uh, he got his paperwork filled out in time, submitted it in its uh, in triplicate, uh, and it was approved that he could uh, indeed take it a morning off. He said he's got a speaking event, I believe he said in Chicago, uh, but he did send along a uh, recorded piece. Uh, as the training camp report sponsored by Papa John's here in Central Iowa will continue uh, for a couple of minutes. We'll hear that at 10.50. John Cannon, who for a long, long time uh, worked in the um, NoCal area covering sports, uh, and uh, he's got some stories he'd like to regale the audience with uh, regarding uh, Greg Knapp, a really uh, well-thought-of assistant rising coach in the NFL who was uh, – Boy, there's seemingly been a lot of these involved in a bike accident and uh, lost his life. So the, the John Cannon on that and more. And then at 11.05, it's Wednesday. That means Centurion Stone is making it possible for us to speak with David Kaplan, who I believe he's either today he's at Bears camp or was uh, earlier in the week. We'll get the latest on Justin Fields, who is going to see significant snaps, according to his head coach, on Saturday. That is a noon kickoff. If you're a Bears fan, you want to see the future under center. Uh, the, the game airs at 11 o'clock on, locally on Channel 13, NFL Network, for those of you who may be... Um, you know, not in Central. I'm assuming. Well, I don't know that for a fact. But I do know that locally Channel 13's got it, and the NFL Network also does. And then at uh, 11.30, oh, Michael Swain from uh, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. We'll have him in here. Uh, ask him to empty his notebook on what he saw from Media Day for Iowa State that happened on Monday. The Hawks go on Friday. Trent Condon is back. How are you? You're tanned. Uh, yes, I am. I've uh, been sunning and funning and happy to be back here in this chair and excited to talk sports with you as I play a little catch up here, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out some things that I missed. Uh, was able to, after you got the kids to bed on vacation, usually watch maybe a half hour of some Olympics kind of wrap up. Timing, though, just so weird out there. So it's 10 o'clock in the morning here. What, yeah. what time is it over there? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Jesus. Yeah. So... Body clock taking a little while to adjust. Yeah. Was see- it worse going 
Getting there, so what? What you, what you got to Hawaii at what time? Iowa time. We got there. It would have been Monday at eight thirty. Okay, so it's three thirty. Yes, in Hawaii. So we made the stop at Costco, the yep. Hawaii, the Maui Costco. Yep. Chickens running all over the place in the store. Uh, in the little patio area as you're walking in. Yeah, there are a few roosters hanging out there, too. I think that that might be a health concern. Uh, you think so? Not. Yeah. It was all good. And, uh, all over the place. Away you go, but it took a while. We, we were waking up every day. Jack would wake us up usually 2 a.m. Not quite that early. He did okay. We kind of adjusted, I, I thought, pretty well. But on the way back here, it's been a little bit weird. But it was just it was crazy. I, I'd open up my phone app and time it adjusted. On the app, mm-hmm. and games that were starting at 7 a.m. Baseball games starting <laughs> yeah, at 7 a.m. And you can't bet. And you can't bet out there either, which didn't turn out to be a big problem because I had plenty of other fun stuff to do. Sure. But yeah, it was just so crazy. And talking to a few of the locals, uh, talked to reason we went out there. My sister-in-law's best friend from high school lives there and has lived there since high school. Moved out there, went to college. So you and, pitched a tent on her land or something? No, no, no. Okay. We, we had our own place. Okay. It had a resort that we stayed in. But... You know, just talking about whether they do. She said, you know, the biggest part about sporting events in NFL Sundays is not really going to bars. It's about having house parties. I asked her about Hawaii games. She said, yeah, they're a big deal. Obviously bigger mm-hmm. in Honolulu than they are mm-hmm. where she lives. But, yeah, it's a big deal, and it's still important 7 to people. 7 a.m. Sunday kickoff. Right, but you're you're getting up, and you're having kind of breakfast to do it everything yeah. that way and having Bloody Marys, and though we do that here, they do it at another level yeah. out there. But then your day's done. You know, 3 o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon, you still got the full day in front of you to do whatever you want after watching NFL all day on Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, it's a beautiful place, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that's, so I think the Pacific time zone's the best time zone for sports. Well, Mountain's pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, I'd hate to live in the Eastern time zone. I mean, good God. Especially you would have to adjust your schedule. Well, me, it's true now, but growing up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, get to bed, you know, 8, eight o'clock. <laughs> Uh, uh, Monday night starting. football, right? Exactly. Monday night starts at nine. World Series and um, uh, NCAA championship is nine twenty for tip off for kids. Uh, not good. Anyways, uh, well, good to have you back. You Thank really you. haven't. Missed, I was going to say, what have you missed? There's been really, um, it's kind of been. There's been no realignment. Right. I don't think there's going to be any news mm-hmm. uh, any anytime soon. I think we are rightly so focusing on. What's going to happen uh, between the lines here coming up? Uh, Field of Dreams is tomorrow, as you know. Uh, there's been no injuries that we've heard of with the Hawks or the Clones as they go through their fall camp. Um, all systems go. All systems go. Were you here when the Cubs had their uh, the cleaned house? No, you were gone, yeah. right? No, I you see were here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's been different trying to watch them. Boy, they stink. Yeah. It's just, it's the lineup that they put out on the field. I tried to watch yesterday. Well, there was only, it was the only thing happening in the afternoon yesterday. Um, but I don't think there's been, you picked a good time to go. Yeah. I think. That first week of August, kind of, though we get excited, here comes training camp. Mm -hmm. Usually isn't a ton. It's kind of, all right, this veteran's a little slow getting out of the gate, those kind of things. But unless there's a significant injury. There isn't a ton that comes out of these initial camps, but we're getting close to that. We're, we're getting it. You can feel it. Pads are popping. You're hearing the stories that are starting to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to be with Chad Leistico tonight for Hawk Central and talking some Hawkeyes earlier this morning with him. Yeah, it's it's getting to that time, right, where you're you're starting to feel it's on the precipice. Well, this weekend, though, again, with only three NFL preseason games, right. 
How much more real is it going to feel to you as opposed to, I didn't watch anything with the, the Hall of Fame game a week ago Thursday? Is that when it was? Yeah, it was. It was a week ago Thursday. I, I, yeah, you know what I, I found myself doing, Trent? I watched more of the uh, CFL curtain riser. You did. I don't, I'd never do that. I, I think know. It was Winnipeg. So I want, and they were there. They're the defending champs. I just wanted okay. to see the hometown and see what it looked like on TV. Yeah, because the game, uh, the the uh, I mean, the Hall of Fame game, it was it is what it is, right? You get excited for the pregame and you see the guys in the gold jackets, and uh, once you get to the second half, the product is when I mean, these guys are going to be selling cars or mm-hmm. uh, medical uh, medical um, field before long. But uh, yes, to your question, does it seem real this weekend? Look, this weekend we're going to see Justin Fields. I'm watching the Bears on on Saturday, mm-hmm. and it's appointment TV because I want to see this kid. I've kind of got caught up in this Justin Fields thing, and you're the Bears fan of the two of us. Yeah, you you're more optimistic than I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. because I'm pessimistic by uh-huh. nature as a sports fan. That's just the way that I am built. I've been set up to fail too many times that it's hard for me to get enamored or overly excited before a season and before a career. And that's the case mm-hmm. here with Justin Fields. Look, I was not a Mitchell Trubisky fan. I didn't like the draft pick when it happened, but yeah. I did he get took a excited. shot at the Bears the other day. Did you see that? He did. Yeah, just um, how it feels different in Buffalo that they care more about you oh. on and off the field in, in Buffalo. Eh. You were well paid for your time in Chicago. Yes. You're a pro. Suck it up. Yeah. You don't have to dro- drive your Oldsmobile anymore. Right. Which, You're doing just fine. Which was the story yep. that started off his yep. career in Chicago so well and enamored himself to people. No, with Fields. I've been reading the same thing. I've been reading The Athletic and every story that comes out, it feels like mm-hmm. they're pumping out a story a day about him. It just Matt Nagy's going to have to walk back as Andy Dalton's the starter. I, I think so. I think it's headed in that direction, yes. especially if um, some you know, of the throws that you eyes. see, and I know they're just individual throws, yeah. but you see what he can do. We saw it a year ago mm-hmm. on the field. He is special. He is a special talent. The whole thought process... This one drives me crazy. Uh, he's an Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. It's all well There's and good. There's been some misses. There have been. Right. And that doesn't mean that doesn't necessarily stamp you as you're not going to succeed because you went to Ohio State. I don't get that narrative I'm with at you. all, though. Everybody's different. Oh, Rick Meyer, he can't miss because he mm-hmm. went to Notre Dame like Joe Montana. Uh-huh. Right. And he stunk. Yeah. He sucked, and he was out yep. of the league within six years. That That's... You are what you are. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with where you went to college. Now, developmentally, when we're talking in generalities about offensive linemen at Iowa, of course, that, that's a different type of conversation. But for this, for a quarterback built this way, if he fails in the NFL, it's not because he went to Ohio no, State. No, it's because he wasn't good enough. Right. That's what it is, that narrative. And I continue to hear it out there. It just leaves me shaking my head. And well, it's also Twitter, so... You know, you're going to get some mm-hmm. of that cesspool that goes along with it. No, I get it. I get the excitement. I just, I have to look at it differently with Fields. I look at it differently because I thought Cape McNown was going to be good. Yeah. And, and early on, right. he was good. Yeah. And then hurt his shoulder, arm strength was gone, and he was absolutely Well, he never had the strongest arm to begin with. Right. And when he got hurt, you're right. Sapped what little was uh-huh. in there. Uh-huh. You go out there with, with a BB gun what and all of a sudden. What number did he wear? Eight or 11? Was he... 
Eight. Eight, I think, right? Eight. And I think he was the number 11 pick. That's what it was. That's yeah. why those two numbers are in my head. Sounds about right. I think so, too. A little lefty. Uh, Hard Knocks was last night. It was it was good. Was uh, it? I didn't watch it. Didn't uh, was kind of wrapping up some things, so didn't have an opportunity. It's on the DVR. It is ready to go, and I will be excited. I think it's going to be a good. I think it's going to be a good year of Hard Knocks. I, I hope it is. I saw Jerry Jones using a number two pencil was a part of the and, conversation and, last night. Insulting. I mean, this guy. Oof. Somebody's got to get to him. Yeah. Salt's not good for you at any age, especially at, at uh, you know, Jerry's getting a little bit up there. Mm-hmm. Just pouring the salt on the grub. Oh, really? Yes. Somebody's got to talk to him. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be good. They, for, I, they train in Oxnard, California, of all places. It's beautiful there. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. It's just uh, north of L.A. Um, we rented a place there one Christmas. That was our outpost. And uh, there's not a lot to do there, if I, as I recall. Maybe that's which what, maybe has something to do yeah. with it, right? You get the California, but you don't get uh, some of the other stuff that comes uh, along with it. All right, Iowa and Iowa State, they are uh, marching forward. Boy, the athletic has done some terrific work. Uh, Scott Dockerman's been, you know, to no surprise to anybody, just busting his hump, pumping out the stuff. He's been doing double duty with Iowa and Iowa State. Did a great piece on Field of Dreams. He joined uh, me yesterday because he was at uh, Iowa State Media Day. Really nothing came out of it, Trent. I don't Mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, moved the needle. Very buttoned up, very guarded. Uh, Matt Campbell had some quotes that, um, you know, pursuant to realignment that got the fan base all fired up and, and understandably so. Um, look, I, I think recruiting wise, when it comes right down to it, if they can find a way to keep this guy and, and let's say that, you know, it doesn't work out that there's a power five landing spot for them. I think as long as they keep him, and I know that may be easier said than done, but man, I just get the sense. And I've been fooled many, 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 many times before. He likes it there. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the, that the Big 12 is a, is a deal or lack of Big 12 is a deal breaker when it comes to him. And if that's the case, if he stays, like we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't know where they're going to land. But uh, he had all the right answers when he was asked the realignment questions. He really doesn't care. He's focusing on what he should, and that's his team. Well, and if we're talking about Iowa State football in a historic context, if the Big 12 as we know it, as it changes and evolves, aren't they ending up in the perfect spot for them? Because no, we know historically, though, last year was different for one season. This program has not succeeded at the highest level. Mm-mm. And because of that, Far you, from it. you look at a league where you're really amongst peers again. Because Texas is not a peer. Though on the football field, you're better than them right Lately, now. Yeah. You're not a peer of them. No, their athletic budget is completely different. Right. The way they're built is completely different. Right. They are, they are like the SEC. That's yes. where they're going. Right. Same thing with Oklahoma. This is a historic blue blood program. Mm-hmm. You're not at the same league. Now you're moving with like-minded programs. The programs that well potentially are, yes of similar stature. And because of that, why can't they become the face of the league? I agree with you. I said so. I said as much last week. Because you're not going to do that with Oklahoma and Texas in your league. You're right. just not. That's right. not going to happen. But with this new Big Twelve. If it comes to fruition, absolutely, you can do this. Ultimately, and I know it sucks, and it sucks losing those programs and and people worried about the financials of the athletic department and what that is in the future, but looking at it strictly from a standpoint, W's and L's long-term, not for this year's team, not for 2021, but when you're looking about the next 50 years, this very well could be a great thing for Iowa State football. This is a football-only conversation, Mm -hmm. big picture, athletic department, yeah, that's different. But for Iowa State football, absolutely, 
this could be an incredibly good thing. Playoff for this expands to twelve teams, mm-hmm. and it will. Yep. Uh, there's a pa- and and look at this isn't going to be the twelve best power five or whatever we end up calling these things in the future. That's not going to be the case. It's going to be the twelve best teams. Um, I, I truly believe that that that's how it's going to end up. Well, and you're eleven and two in that league. Yeah, you're Cincinnati. They're, you're getting in. Absolutely, you're getting in. Um, you know, and I don't know how they're how they're going to handle the first round. We thought that there was going to be home games on the line, uh, but, but maybe that's been pulled back. Look, there's so much to um, to try and decipher. But the good news is, I don't think there's going to be any of this that we have to worry about um, in August, September, October, November. It'll start up again at some point. Um, at some point, we'll get back to it. You know, because the two heavy heads have made it very clear they're out the door at some point, and who will be left? And there's a daily update if you're so inclined. I mean, you can find your daily updates seemingly at the Athletic. They cover all of them. Uh, all of the writers kind of put their heads together and uh, come up with the pieces to what the latest is. And those stories are going to go away too as soon as we get some games on the field, because that's what we care about after all, right? We do always. Mm-hmm. It comes down to that for us, for you and me. It's not about the periphery. It's not about the extras. It's not about the water cooler talk. It's mm-hmm. about what happens between the lines. And it doesn't matter if it's a baseball field or a football field or a basketball court. Ultimately, more than anything, that's what you and I like to talk about. We are now 17 days away. Uh, two weeks from Saturday. So, yeah, 17 days away from uh, Illinois, Nebraska. Just a massive game for both schools. It right? is. Particularly for Nebraska. Right. Particularly, I mean, they have to win this football game. Can you imagine if they, if if they come back, zero and one? I know that they got a couple of cupcakes before they get Oklahoma and then get into the, mm-hmm. uh, into the heart of the Big Ten, and the month of November is just daunting for them. Um, this will, poof, if they if they stub their toe out of the shoot, look out below. And Bielema has got forty seniors. Yeah. A guy that knows yeah. how to coach in the Big yeah. Ten. He's got, what, 22 super seniors. You know, we talk a lot about Iowa State mm-hmm. and what they have and returning. A lot of schools have a bunch come by back. Illinois got a ton themselves. Mm-hmm. The Illini, they're no slouch. Brandon Peters, you're not winning a national championship with Brandon no, Peters. No, but he, he's, he's not terrible. Are you going to fall on the floor shocked if the Illinois goes 7-5 and five this year? Because I'm certainly not. No, no. Not at all. No. I don't think they're the worst team in the division. I think that's Purdue. Uh, it's those two. Yeah, that's yeah. That that's that's. A good and I wouldn't there. be surprised to see Northwestern down there this year. Now there, I would. I, I might go with you because they're either really good mm-hmm. or really bad. Mm-hmm. Doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of middle. Same mm-hmm. thing with when Iowa plays them. If Iowa beats them, it was yeah, sneak by. Right. Those close games go Northwestern's way. Right. I will club them. Now, I we we just got finished saying that everybody's got a bunch of. I think Northwestern's the exception to the rule. Yeah. I don't think that a lot of those guys they took they're going to grab that diploma and that education and that uh, uh, clout that comes along with a uh, degree from Northwestern and move on. I'm going to work on Wall Street yeah, or something like something that. Something like that, absolutely. Make some money. Their startup money is a little bit different mm-hmm. than most college grads. Mm-hmm. That Northwestern backing goes a very very long way. No, it really does. All right, it's ten twenty. We will get to Brian and Rilko coming up here uh, in just a few minutes. Um, you get the latest on, you know, IRGC, et cetera, sports wagering again. I mean, this past, so June, the handle in the state of Iowa was $111 million. In July, in the entire state, the number was just north of 
80 million, I want to say, 86 million, uh, a 20% reduction over one month. That's alarming. And we had NBA finals. We -hmm. had NHL and we had Major League Baseball. I get it, baseball's. But do you think that part of the reason the number just tanked the way it did is because it was the Suns and the Bucks? Yeah, I think that's a piece of it. I mean, if the just, Lakers are in there, if LeBron's yeah. more eyeballs, more more money changing hands, the casual fans, mm-hmm. it's more difficult to be enamored by it. Mm-hmm. I get that. The casual better. I'm Lakers around. I'm going to bet them. Right or, or against them. Yeah, well, the Celtics. Yeah, even, right to a lesser degree. Brand names, but the Suns and the Bucks. Yeah, mm, that casual better. It's going to be in it. That's going to be betting every time. It's a little bit more difficult to get into it. I think that's a piece. Mm-hmm. And also just the real weird July that we had just in terms of you're not used to betting NBA at that time. No, maybe. Gamblers are, I think by nature, kind of good, do what they like to do and do it at the right time. Mm-hmm. Not like still, you. You hear the anthem. Oh, you're, yeah. you're opening your app. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Uh, Mike, Jeff, we'll get to you here in just a second. I want to get this in real quick. I haven't watched a ton. I've just followed. Luca Garza is having a really good Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the weight loss that um, uh, that uh, that he came out of or went into his NBA career with, what did he lose, 30 pounds? Is that the number I right. saw? Um, which makes you wonder why he was carrying all that weight at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Because well, and I think he's, he said he wanted to be built differently, knowing he was going to play in the post a lot more, being playing in the rigors of the Big Ten and knowing – Long term, mm-hmm. over the course of a 35 game schedule, he was going to have to be built differently. And he decided after the season, all right, now I'm changing leagues. I'm changing what I'm doing. I'm going to change my body. Mm-hmm. And of course, he put in the work to do that. Boy, too. he did. He looks entirely different. And he's off on the right foot and good for him uh, for doing so. Jeff, we'll get to you in a second. Mike is up first. Mike, welcome. What's on your mind? Hey, are either one of you two YouTubers? Uh, no. Not really. You don't? There's a. YouTube channel I've binge watched all weekend. It's called Wide World of Stadiums. Really? The guy who every stadium, football stadium in the country, college and pro. Now that's really that's interesting. I like we have YouTube on the TV. I don't know how to get, I guess I could ask. Um, so they just are uh, baseball, football. What are we? What are you talking about? Just college football and oh, NFL stadiums. I watched all the football ones. He went yeah. through every major conference, every stadium. Yeah. Then he went to the smaller conferences like the Mountain West and the MAC. Really? He, he does each one for like 30 seconds to 45 seconds. Uh, and you found it compelling TV? What's that? You said you thought it was compelling. I mean, you were glued to it? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just got hooked on. And he really liked <laughs> Iowa State Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, Mike? Um, I'm going to watch that. How, so, is it is it a like an hour? Or how long? How long does it take? Did, did it uh... conference maybe twenty minutes? Yeah. And uh, there is some really, really small and ugly. I mean, ugly college football <laughs> yeah. out there. Uh, and uh, there's something really interesting in British Columbia. There's a college or university that belongs to the NCAA. Simon Fraser, I think. You're right, that's it. Yeah, I'm Canadian. It wasn't very much of a stadium. Yeah, I bet not. Hey, Mike, listen, I'm going to watch that, and I'll report back. My stepson's home for a couple of weeks, and he'll get it up. He'll he'll fire it up for me, and I will watch that. Mike, you've got my attention. Appreciate the call. You bet. Good to talk to you. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, here it is. Just go to YouTube and the wide world of stadiums. Yeah, yeah they have it broken down by conference. The latest one they did was the Mac 
a stadium tour, about 10 minutes, 10 and a half minutes, yeah. is uh, to get through all of them, the American Athletic Conference, and, of course, go deeper, found the SEC right up there. That's about mm-hmm. 20 minutes. But, yeah, kind of a fun look yeah, inside the Yeah, you know stadiums. what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to yes. do it. That sounds good. Good way to pass the time yeah, here. Yeah, because baseball is – I mean, Trent, there's, what do you get excited about in baseball now? Cubs stink. Cardinals, I tried to make a case that they were still alive. <sighs> and August is so important for them if they're going to get a sniff at all. Brewers, I guess the only thing that I'm looking at for is I'm counting down to 83 wins <laughs> so I can get over my ticket right. and then to win the division. Um, the White Sox are running away. Now, we had an interesting tweet today that. Um, yeah, I saw Logan send something. Yeah, about the. I'll read it. Uh, the Sox being 16 and 22 against teams that are over 500. Should that concern you? Yeah, the answer is yes, because you know what? Teams that are above 500 are the teams you're going to play in, in on the month of October. The Royals and Twins will not be in the playoffs they this year. They aren't going to qualify no. this year, indeed. Uh, Jeff is next. Jeff, welcome. Ken, how are you? Good. How are you? Doing good, Trent. Welcome back. Thank uh, you. First, I want to say, like, about two weeks ago, I called, and I was telling you I went to, I was going to go to a Foo Fighters concert. Yeah. I just got back last week, and Wow. Um, it was like at about a 20,000 uh, venue out in St. Louis. And, you know, the crowd was amazing. They were amazing. You know, beers were like, I want to say $19 Ooh. for a tall boy. <laughs> um, but here's where I'm trying to, like, put in sports with this. So the crowd was unbelievable. Now, what I'm thinking with college, college football, so we're going to get all the crowds back. It's going to be sellouts everywhere. The juice. It's going to be unbelievable, electric. It could be night games. It could be 3.30 games. I think that home crowd, this is just my opinion, is going to be a lot, uh, a bigger factor in prior years with the spread or just thinking about home field advantage. I think this year more than any is going to be huge for that. I like that a lot, Jeff, and it's something that I have been thinking about. I was thinking about week one. I was thinking about the Iowa-Indiana game on the flight home and I well, like Iowa. Be a game. I like Iowa in that spot. Penix coming off the ACL. What Indiana does well offensively, I think, translate very well to what Iowa does defensively. I think it's a good matchup for Iowa, at least on paper. But I was thinking about also the environment and being in Kinnick that day and what that's going yeah, to be like after a year away. Mm-hmm. And it being a 2.30 kickoff, an extra two and a half hours to get lubed up, <laughs> it's going to be a loud right. stadium, I'm going to guess, at Kinnick. I- I'm with you, and... Next time, Jeff, we get you know, Kenny White in here or somebody that sets lines, I'm going to ask them, do you move? It's only going to be probably half point here or there, but are they going to adjust at all, especially week one in college football? I think it matters more in college than the pro game. No, without question. Right. Do, do they right. adjust here? It's a really good point, Jeff. Now, and here's my, here's my you know, oddball one, which I think you guys will, will love it. Um, if there was an over-under for the Iowa State Fair attendance, <laughs> I'm going to say this is going to be a massive, even with what's going on, I think this is going to be a massive sellout. I think they're going to break records. And I just think it would be fun if somehow they, we could do something locally if people wanted <laughs> to put a, number? You know, a couple of dollars. Yeah, on whatever the, whatever the, you know, the number one you know, total is. Yeah. I just think that people are, like you said before, Ken, about the roaring 20s. I think people are going to get out for the Iowa State Fair. The weather's going to be great. And it's just going to blow it out of the water. Well, opinion. what's the number? Isn't don't we usually average about a hundred thousand a day go through? I know in the register for a long time they Jeff and I got to let you go. We got to pay you for being on the air as long as you are. <laughs> so we appreciate you coming in. Um, th- there was a daily attendance there was. meter. Do you it's, remember that? Yeah, it's like eighty. I'm looking here from 2019. 
81 to 85,000, right in that range is per what it day, appears. Yeah. yeah, per day. 1.17 million people were there. That was the attendance record in 2019 overall. So do you, so you know what, Brian Rilko is coming up. We'll ask him if they can, uh, somebody can Put set a number. number on that. I'd go under. You'd go on. I, I still think too. that there's people that uh, are still at, a little I'm, nervous. Yes, look, I'm back to wearing a mask. I don't yeah. care. Yep. I, I wore a mask a whole lot mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. That's just the reality of what we're going through right. right now. And I'm with you. I'd be on the underside. Jeff, you want to take our bets? You got two under <laughs> bets right here. Uh, at the Condon Casino. Uh, Brian Orilco from the IRGC is coming up next. We do have some sports-related questions that uh, you have fielded to us, or posed to us, uh, and we're going to go right to the source. So l- let me get your take before we do so. Mm-hmm. So the, one of the, the big question I had, and I thought I had the answer, is you know COVID shutdown, wind totals. Because apparently uh, this person that uh, reached out to me was talking to the folks at Prairie Meadows at Caesars, formerly William Hill, Mm -hmm. and he said that future wagering is down on football over under totals because of the fact that the uncertainty surrounding how they are going to grade a COVID forfeit. That's a loss. It is. Or a win. Or a win, right. If you show up and Mm -hmm. the other team can't answer the bell, you get the win. You get to the end of the season, you're 11-1. and One One of those was the forfeit win. You still have 11 victories on your ledger. Right. Um. And I think it goes into the books as a 2 nothing. I think that's the score. But regardless of the total, the game mm-hmm. wouldn't have been played, so it wouldn't have got off the ground. Um, but we'll ask Brian Orilko that. Yeah. I think what he'll tell you, and I think it's pretty, pretty good advice, and no one follows it. I mean, no one. Check the house rules. Have you ever? No. No. Right? I've been told many times, too. Right, exactly. And exactly. I don't listen. Hey, real quick, before we get to Brian Orilko, I, I want to bring this up. Um your our our friend now your friend before I met him uh, Chris Andrews at the South Point yeah he said when we were out there that he's going to put a uh, a really interesting prop on the board and he took groups of teams and put them together so this group has this is the favorite group at minus one twenty five Ohio State Oklahoma Georgia North Carolina Oregon and Texas A and M if any one of the if if um, a member of that group wins the national championship and you bet on them you cash your ticket it's you got to bet 125 to make 100 Alabama Texas Iowa State Miami Penn State and Cincinnati you get plus money now realistically Cincinnati's not winning a national championship neither is Penn State nor is Miami Iowa State, very outside chance. Texas, if Iowa State's got an outside chance, you have no chance. Uh, And Alabama, who is the favorite. And Mm -hmm. then the final group is Clemson, LSU, USC, Notre Dame, Florida, and Wisconsin. They're four to one. Everybody else is in the last group, and they're uh, 20 to one. You like the idea? Do you like the concept? Yeah, I love the idea behind it. And I like the idea you get Alabama, Mm -hmm. a plus 225, plus some other teams. Mm -hmm. In case something crazy happens and they get knocked out. I, that third tier, though, the four to one group, Clemson, LSU, USC, Notre Dame, Florida, and Wisconsin. That's where my money would be. Really? Yeah. You like I would, Clemson? I do. I like LSU in a bounce back season. I like USC. I like them more than Oregon coming into the year. See, I think LSU might be the third best team in. The they very West. well could be. Yeah. But if somebody's going to jump up, yeah, we know the talent there. Mm-hmm. And year after year. Plenty of talent at LSU. So, yeah, that'd be the one that I'd probably mm-hmm. jump behind. Florida's but got a chance to win the East. They do. You get there, you win yeah. that title game, 
Yeah. Even at 11-2, they'd be in the playoffs. We're a ton late. Brian and Rilko uh, coming up in uh, when we come back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.5. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Before the hour of 11, Brian and Rilko momentarily will hear a recorded piece from uh, Mitch Holtis today. John Cannon, John Cannon Sports on Twitter coming up as well this hour. Then David Kaplan from Chicago kicks off our number two. Brian and Rilko from the IRGC, he joins us. And Trent, we're going to get double dip with Brian as he's going to zoom in as we record our Mediacom show coming up here at 1230 today. Hello, Brian and Rilko. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. It's good to be here. Yeah, good to be with you. So we just had a caller um, that wants to they came up with a really cool prop bet. I know it's not allowed, but I'm wondering what uh, in the future. Uh, and it has to do with the state fair, you know, an over-under for the total of people that uh, pass through the turnstiles and take it one step further. We could set it at, say, 88,000 on a th- opening day Thursday and on the weekend to change the number a little bit. Not allowed. What would it take for something like that to... You know, to gain some traction, a non-sporting event. Are we a long way off, Brian? Oh, what a wild question! <laughs> it would be fun. It's a great idea, um, but but uh, it would take uh, a legislative change. Currently, the law is very specific uh, and targeted as to what is permitted and what isn't permitted, and you know, there's still uh, a number of sporting events that. Um, uh, cannot be wagered on, and so it would take a statutory change. Um, but it, that would def- that is definitely a creative idea, and I I agree it would be very popular. It'd be fun. We don't get to get that. The other question we get a ton: When will we be able to bet on individual player props yeah. for the state of Iowa? When can we bet Brock Purdy versus Spencer Peters passing yards? Are we close to that? How much change would it take to get there? Is it a simple tweak in the system? What would it take to get to that spot, and how likely is it going to happen soon? Yeah, so uh, so as we sit here today, there really has not been uh, any movement or interest that I am hearing from the sports operators uh, to try to move that ball forward. It was a, a highly contentious uh, point. Uh, during the legislative process two years ago, and and it was uh, one of the uh, the the compromises that the sports industry or the casino industry uh, had had uh, given on. And, and at this point, there really hasn't been a lot of discussion. It would take a statutory change. Uh, there is a specific prohibition for. Uh, individual wagers uh, on uh, individual performances of Iowa college athletes, and so, so th- that part of the law would need to be uh, would need to be removed. So, um, you know, I, I don't anticipate. Well, it obviously uh, won't uh, be something that will be permitted this year. The session is already over, and mm-hmm. you know, it would would be something that would need to be changed next year. Uh, Brian Rilko, Director of Gaming with the IRGC, is our guest. Brian, uh, a couple more questions along that line, but I want to get this in, and this was really the uh, the question that was posed to me that precipitated me reaching out to you, and dot, 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 here you are. 
Uh, and it had to do with COVID and COVID cancellations, COVID forfeits in the NFL, as we know that that's going to be the case if, you know, there's going to be no postponements and we're not going to see games played, unfortunately, because I like the Tuesday at 5 o'clock NFL game from last year, not the circumstances that put us there, however. Uh, and the question that was posed is, you know, if a team has to forfeit, how will the operators handle the win totals? If it's, um, you know, we'll use the Vikings because they've been the team that most people are focusing on if Kirk Cousins you know who um, you know at this point he's not going to get vaccinated if they have a severe outbreak of COVID and have to forfeit a game will that affect the win total and it goes down as a loss and I'm assuming that that's how the operators are going to grade it yeah I believe so too Ken and and, you know since we spoke yesterday I had a chance to talk to our team and uh, just to try to make sure that I had the most current information for your listeners. And most of our operators have very specific COVID uh, policies and protocol in their house rules. And so it is very important, uh, especially this time of year, and, and if you're if you're making a large wager or any wager for that matter, uh, uh, to understand what everyone's COVID protocol are. They are a little different. For the most part, um, what is uh, what we're seeing across the board on individual games. If there's a COVID cancellation, they're refunding the money. Uh, uh, that that has been fairly easy. As it pertains to win totals, um, there there are some differences, and and I still believe some of the operators are trying to kind of sort out uh, what they're going to do this year. And most. Uh, of uh, the protocol specifically says if there are individual questions, contact customer su- support or uh, or an employee uh, at that facility um, to get clarification. And to that end, we can help as well. If if any of the listeners are having trouble getting answers, um, you know that's one of the things that we certainly can help with. And 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 uh, and so. If someone, you know, we're having trouble to call down at our office and we can make sure that people are getting clear answers. Uh, you know, I believe that because of the NFL stance that they are actually calling it a forfeit under certain circumstances that most of the operators will likely treat it as a loss. Um, but that may not be the case. And then what we're also seeing sometimes um, we saw a lot of this last year, uh, in addition to refunds, there was something that was just really out of the ordinary. We're still in a very highly competitive environment, and these books are, are doing other things to try to make it right from the customers. Mm-hmm. Even if technically uh, the, the wager may be a loss, uh, we, we're seeing some of these these refunds and promo play or, or other types of things like that. And so as a listener, I think it's important to ask and, uh, uh, and know what it is going in, and if there's something that still doesn't feel right, uh, to reach out um, to, to those individual books. So uh, we were talking earlier today, Brian, about the numbers, the betting in the state, and they were down last month. Do you have any idea the reasoning behind it, the justification, why it possibly could be something like that, that we're seeing them be down at this kind of number? Yeah, they were down, Trent. You're absolutely right. And and we, uh, it was the lowest month from a handle standpoint uh, since last December, uh, everyone did expect uh, that this would be a, a slow month. July is historically one of the slowest, if not the slowest, uh, in the sports wagering uh, uh, industry. Uh, people travel, they go on vacations, uh, uh, and they just and there's just not very many events that people are interested in. Now, uh, I will say there was maybe a, a little bit of hope or or 
um, or or thought that maybe the Olympics would help uh, drive some numbers in July, and 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 we just did not see that. Uh, and in fact, it's not just in Iowa and other other states across the country. We're kind of seeing reports and uh, and just hearing that. Um, numbers were down, and, and and speculation is because that is due to the, the time change, and and um, and then also there are limited offerings with that here in Iowa too. But uh, but uh, July was low, um, you know. Still, of course, if you compare it to last July, it was significantly higher. But that that's really not right. uh, very reasonable to to do that because we were still had all of the, the COVID disruption. Um, so so this year will really kind of serve as a baseline going forward um, and really to try to understand what to expect in the years to come uh, in this month. Brian, I just took a call while you were answering that question, and it had to do with back to the forfeits again. Um, so a guy makes a uh, the, the the numbers are posted, we'll say on Monday morning, and the number comes out and the um, and the total points is is we'll use fifty, and he loves the under. Um, and so we jumped on the under right away, and then we get to, to Friday, and all of a sudden that game can't be played because of COVID, and it goes in the books as a two nothing mm. victory. How will you grade to, uh, point totals in a game? That's another question that you're going to have to deal with, I think. We are, Ken, and that is a great question. Um, I can tell you what I think, but again, it will come down to the individual house rules. There, are, there are no rules or regulations with regard to COVID, and we were relying heavily on the house rules, and and we would um, not permit house rules that seem unfair. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, um, it, it would it, it's important to understand what those house rules are going into that bet. If 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 it said that um, that the game would be treated as a two zero uh, game, um, then and, and that's what the wager uh, had an opportunity to understand or know going in, then that that will likely stand. Um, mm. But my sense is that most of the operators in this state at this time are going to be doing everything that they can to try to do what seems reasonable and seems fair. And I would expect that, you know, we'll, we'll have house rules uh, that may contemplate refunds in those particular situations. Yep. Um, Proact instead of react, because it could get, um, you know, house rules are going to play such an important role. Look, we're told all the time to understand and to read the house rules and they're posted on great big uh, billboards for you to see that for a reason, but nobody reads them. <laughs> nobody reads You're them. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Brian, listen, man, we're short on time. I got a bunch more questions and uh, we don't have time to get to them. So we will um, take a rain check on this and have you back on in a couple of weeks. We'll see you on our Mediacom show here in about 90 minutes. Thank you, Brian and Rilko. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Good to talk to you. Brian and Rilko, Director of Gaming with the IRGC. Read the house rules. That will tell you the answer and ask to. Right. You, You can... Make a phone call, and not just to the operator, send an email, mm-hmm. but also, as Brian mentioned there, the Iowa Racing and Gaming mm-hmm. Commission can at, and help you with a lot of these questions and, as well. And that's how I came across it, because the guy asked one of the people behind the counter at Prairie Meadows, at Caesars, mm-hmm. and he, the guy at Caesars didn't know. They're still working their way through this. Uh, we'll come back. We'll hear from Mitch Holtis, uh, John Cannon from John Cannon Sports coming up here as well. Miller and Condon, till noon, Cappy in hour two, 1460 KXNO. Available in all states. Hi, welcome back to Recondon 
six minutes before the hour of 11. John Cannon, John Cannon Sports momentarily. But prior to that, this is Mitch Holtz's normal spot. Today he's off. He sent a recorded piece focusing on some of the second-year guys as they move their way up and down the depth chart. The Chiefs will use an off day today for the players, but not for the staff, as they pivot their week to prepare for the first of three preseason games. Now, The first preseason game is this Saturday night in San Francisco against the team that was conquered by the Chiefs to win Super Bowl 54, the San Francisco 49ers. This week I'm featuring the Chiefs players entering their second year in the league that I feel are headed for a breakout season. So, on this Wednesday, I present defensive lineman Tershawn Turk Wharton. Wharton last year came out of obscurity from Division II Missouri S&T, a school better known for its engineering school and history as a mining institution. Well, last year, the Chiefs found a gold mine in Wharton. The undrafted Wharton was second among NFL rookies at his position with 22 quarterback pressures and tied for fifth in the league with 16 defensive stops among rookies on the defensive line. So far in this camp, Wharton is better than last year and feels like he now belongs in this league. Well, I mean, I definitely feel like that now. Uh, just being here and seeing what happened from last year and how I played last year and then going into the offseason with a little bit more of knowing what I need to do, I definitely feel like I belong here now. You know, still ain't at the top of my level and still ain't peaked yet, but, you know, I'm ready to work, but I definitely feel like I belong here now. Now, at the least, Wharton appears to be a great rotational complement of the defensive line to spell starters Derek Noddy and Jaron Reed. But defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo also is planning on some special defensive packages that actually features Wharton as a wicked pass rusher. Tomorrow, another second-year Chiefs defender is flashed in this camp and we'll explore another potential new star for the Chiefs in defensive end Mike Dana. Reporting from Chiefs training camp in St. Joe, I'm Mitch Holter's Voice of the Chiefs. All right, thank you, Mitch. Papa John's uh, here in central Iowa makes that possible. Mitch will be back with us live tomorrow. Well, let's stay on the uh, NFL theme. A sad one, though. Uh, Greg Knapp, who was a... I mean, Peyton Manning recognized him during his speech Mm -hmm. in Canton uh, over the weekend. Uh, Greg Knapp, uh, a... uh, coordinator, offensive coordinator. He was with the Broncos, won a Super Bowl in Denver, spent a lot of time in NoCal uh, with the Niners and John Cannon from John Cannon Sports, who was up there for a long time doing his thing. Apparently you crossed paths with him, John Cannon. How are you? What kind of person was he? Boy, the uh, the accolades and the people remembering him and reaching out with their memories of Greg Knapp. Uh, seems like he had a lot of friends. Oh, guys, I'm so grateful for the chance to talk about this. Um, I met Greg... Uh, in 1985, uh, he was the fifth-year senior quarterback at Sac State, and I was the brand-new sports information director. And I was two years older than him is all. <laughs> and so we became good friends, and then he transitioned into coaching. Uh, we became roommates. And it was like living with Wally Cleaver. I mean, the nicest guy in the world. On the weekends, his parents would come up from L.A. His dad was a football coach. She cooked breakfast for everybody. It was like Ward and were here for the weekend. And... And he never changed from that. He never big-timed anybody. This accident, the news of this accident, didn't just shake the coaching rooms around the NFL, but the front offices. Because he was nice to the HR people and the front desk. And everybody, everybody loved Greg. He was just, he was interested in people, and and he just had a way of of connecting with people. He was my window into the NFL and how the NFL worked. We stayed in touch all these years. I would text him. I, I would rarely get to talk to him on the phone. I was laughing because Mitch Holt has just said, 
well, there's no day off for the staff. Well, there's never a day off for the staff. He was coaching in Oakland, and I was living there in the Bay and I thought, hey, great, we'll, we'll get to, you know, I'll get to see him once in a while. Never saw him. <laughs> saw him after he was leaving, after he got fired, um, and he was, he was leaving. But he would call me on Friday afternoons at like 4.30. That's, that's the only day they'd get out early was like 4.30 or 5 o'clock on Friday. That was it. But he was in Houston on the beach in, in Hawaii actually coaching the senior, the, the, the senior bowl, right? The, the AFC coaches got to coach the, the, uh, the, the what do they have? The, in Mobile? Uh, the Senior Bowl, yeah. No, it was in, in Hawaii. Oh, so the Pro, Pro Bowl. Bowl, I guess. Pro Bowl they, yeah. Yeah, they, so they got to coach the Pro Bowl. So he's on the beach and, and have, had, had a great year. This T.J. Yates, rookie quarterback, he had coached him up. They'd won some playoff games. And, and he gets a call from Dennis Allen with the Raiders, and he winds up taking that job because they offered him 400000 on a two-year deal as the coordinator. He didn't want to go back to Oakland. He was there when Jamarcus Russell was there. He knew. <laughs> what dysfunction there was there. And this was even worse. Al's gone now. Mark Davis is in. And Al Davis had compiled this group of bad guys on bad contracts and they're bad Mm. players. So he's trying to clean house. But cleaning house in the NFL has a cost, right? Dead money all over the place. They're bringing in guys on minimum deals. They had traded three draft choices for Carson Palmer. They had no players. And he's telling Dennis Allen, hey, have you told the owner how bad we're going to be? Because we're going to be really bad, and you need to prepare him for this. Well, Dennis Allen's like, no, no, I got this, I got this. So at the end of the first year, they win four games, and the, and, and Mark Davis says, you got you to change the offense. It's not working. So Knapp gets canned, and he's excited because he's got another year on his deal at 400000 more than he'd ever made, and his daughter was a senior in high school. Back in Houston, so he's ready to go just be dad. And he goes back to Houston, but he gets a call. And he walks into his daughter's room and he says, Jordan, we, we you know, we talked about me just being dad, but I, I got a call. And she said, from who? And he said, from Denver. Wow, and the rest said, is history, Super you? Bowl 50. John, we're out of time. The music's playing, brother. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, John Cannon, for that insight.